Well, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here today to speak with you and to share with you. Um, sometimes I think that we can get, and especially in an academic setting, we can get so uh, so in the weeds on things that sometimes we miss uh, the obvious that's right before us. And today I just want to look at uh, basically three little words today for God. So uh, John 316 is probably without a doubt, the most quoted, the most memorized verse of all the Bible. Everyone from the smallest child to the oldest person from the sinner to the saint. Uh, if there is a verse that anyone can pretty much uh, quote at the drop of a hat, whether they know the meaning or understand the meaning at all, is probably John 3.16. I think it's important that we sometimes revisit the verse with fresh and new eyes so that we can see what God is saying to us even today. Contained within our scripture reading today are the words of John 3.16, and I'm also going to include John 3.17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him may be saved. Of all the words in all the books of the Bible, there are probably some of the most well-known, most quoted words. It seems that uh, you only have to hold up a, a sign somewhere, John 3, 16, and most people will know what you mean. You cannot do that with hardly any other Bible uh, text at all. If you hold up a sign that says Isaiah 3, 16, uh, and, and it talks about the naughty daughters of Zion, or if you hold up a sign, 2 Timothy 3.16, which is all scripture is God breathed, which is a truth, and we know that, but not everybody knows that. It doesn't hold the same, um, the same effect on people and because they just don't know what the meanings of those are. We see it sprayed on uh, highway overpasses held up on signs at football games and and even printed on the bottom of uh, cups of fast food restaurants. Jesus' words are so familiar that we run the risk of forgetting their significance. We are wise to look at the verses as if we had never seen them before. John three sixteen is the very heart of the gospel. It is the heart of divine revelation. All the truth of the Old Testament points towards it, and all the great doctrine of the New Testament emerges from it. Just as Venus and Mercury and, and, and Earth, all those planets evolve and circle around the sun to receive illumination from it, so does the books, the chapters, and the verses of the Bible talk about the redemption, salvation, purification, the, the, the sanctification, uh, that evolves around the supreme statement of God's redeeming love. The Bible is the greatest book on earth. We all know that. It has 66 books, over 1,100 chapters, over 31,000 verses. And of all the truths contained in the Bible, John 3.16 is still the gospel in the whole story. The statement is shocking. 
We have literally nothing to offer God, no bargaining chips to twist his arm or any virtue to win acceptance. But God didn't wait for a better deal to come along because he loved, he took the initiative to give and his gift brought the cleansing of forgiveness and the promise of being with him forever. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God loves, God gives, God saves. God's love is unique and unusual. Throughout history, there's not a mathematician that can figure it out. There's not a historian that can tell you where it started. There's not any geographical place located that will we'll go into the depths of his love, the heights of his love, or even the width of his love. Architects can't lay foundations for his love. Electricians can't match the power of his love. Water can't drown his love. Fire can't burn out his love. Snow can't cover his love. And ice can't freeze his love. Storms can't blow it away. And death cannot kill it. God is love. With his eyes, God sees love. God's hands, he feels love. And with his voice, God speaks love. But most of all, with God's heart, God expresses this love. The beginning of this verse states, for God so loved the world. The author of this text is presume, uh, assuming and knowing that God exists, that God is real, that God is in control, and that God is the cause of what is done. The very first two words in this is for God. It tells us that the gospel began in the heart of God, who loves the world and the people that he made in his image. For God, for. For is a conjunction. Here in this sentence, for is being used as a conjunction that means because. So for God, because God, for this reason, God, there is intense purposefulness and there is incredible intentionality in these two words. When God sets his thoughts to do something, it is done with purity and certainty, which makes his faithfulness rock steady and foundational that not, cannot be moved or it cannot be altered. This can be easily, this, these words can be easily translated and interpreted as to say God's will for God. God's will for our lives has reason and has purpose. It is through scripture where we can find meaning and principles discerning God's will. So many people will argue the, the, uh, and deny God, but I can stand here today for God so loved the world. Because of, for God, I am living today. Because of, for God, I have breath in my lungs. Because of, for God, I have strength to walk and knowledge to talk. Because of, for God, I have salvation for my soul. And because of, for God, I have food on my table 
a head over my roof, a roof over my head and a bed to sleep in. Just as confident that Jesus said for God in this verse, I too know there is a God. How do I know? For God sees our every care. For God hears every cry. For God feels all our pain is there when I don't know where to turn, has, has taken me through the dry valleys, has moved me, uh, moved the unmovable for me, and has cleared the way in the desert for me. Where would I be today if it was not for God? For God so loved the world. You cannot measure so. So the third word I want to look at is, for God, so. You cannot go over so. You cannot go around so. You can't go under so. You can't wrap your arms around so. You cannot see past so. And where does so start and where does so end? So is too, uh, is too vast. So is too large and so is too uncontainable for us to ever uh, imagine or or comprehend we can measure love by how much the lover gives and that and in this one verse of scripture we find that god gave everything jesus had spent all eternity in heaven being worshiped and served by the host of angels but he stepped out of heaven to earth for one purpose, not to live, but to die. And because he died for us, we don't have to experience the excruciating separation from him for eternity that the Bible calls hell. Why would God love so? For God is the master artist and creation is his masterpiece. God spoke everything into existence. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then God said, let there be. He loves his creation, but even more than that, he loves you. With these hands, he created you into his own image. With his breath, he gave us life and made us a living soul. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you. For God so loved all of us that he gave his only begotten son. Look at the words and, and this verse as if it's the first time you ever saw them. He loved, he gave, he forgives, and he rescues. That is the gospel in a nutshell. How does it affect you to read these verses as if it's the first time you ever saw them? Have you accepted this promise? And who else needs to hear this promise? You can take away the whole Bible. And if you know John 3, 16, for God so, then you know enough to save the world. Thank you.